You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. A week in the life of your preacher, Monday, Freddie Gray, having died as a result of traumatic spine injury while in police custody, was laid to rest at a service at New Shiloh Baptist Church. Lord have mercy. Tuesday, we watch images of another American city go up in flames and outrage. Depending what your view is, either the police are the worst or the protesters are the worst. Wednesday. Slate.com posts an article about a conference that is like the evangelical Christian version of TED Talks. The conference planners seemed a bit self-satisfied in believing they were hosting a difficult conversation about same-sex marriage and the issue of homosexuality, when the reality was that the one gay Christian who they allowed to speak namely Matthew Vines, was hardly given time to speak at all while the folks on the other side of the issue were given loads of stage time and loud cheers of support. Reading that Slate article made me think, those conference organizers are the worst. (laughs) Thursday. To prepare to preach today, I read all of the book of Acts up until we got to today's reading and a few verses after it. So, here's a little Bible study synopsis for you. Or maybe I should say previously on the Acts of the Apostles. (laughs) Okay, so after his death and resurrection, but before ascending to heaven, Jesus promised his disciples that after they receive the Holy Spirit, they will be witnesses to him through all the ends of the earth. And I can tell you right now, they had no idea what was going to happen. So they went to Jerusalem and huddled together in a room, just kind of scared out of their wits, and knowing and not knowing what else to do. And then the day of Pentecost came, and the Holy Spirit arrived and messed everything up. Because now, the gospel of Jesus Christ was no longer their little possession. It was no longer something just for them, because it was now heard in every language. When the Spirit came, she brought with her all the people who they were trying to avoid. The early church lived in a groovy little Christian commune where everything was perfect for approximately 20 minutes. Then they started going out preaching and healing people, and a couple of them spent a little time in jail, but it was nothing that some good old hymn singing in the Holy Spirit couldn't take care of. Anyhow, so then they chose Stephen to be the guy to take care of setting up the meal train for widows in the congregation, and he did an awesome job. And it says he was, quote, full of faith and power and did great signs and wonders among the people. And because of that, this guy Stephen was super threatening to the religious guys who were the ones who were paid to be the ones who were full of faith and power and doing great signs and wonders among the people. So obviously, they had to destroy him. He was brought in front of them in a little tribunal, and then he preached an amazing sermon in which he kind of convicted them of the fact that they weren't a people who cared to be told the truth about themselves. For instance, they tend to kill their own prophets, And their response, I'm not kidding you, they were so offended that he said that they were a people who killed their own prophets that they ran him out of town and stoned him to death. 
But before picking up rocks, the text tells us that they took their jackets off so they could really like get their arm into it, and they laid those jackets at the feet of this guy named Saul. Okay, but the text tells us that Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit and gazed into heaven and saw Jesus, at which point he said, Lord Jesus, take my spirit, and then he begged God not to charge the people with the sin of killing him. And then it tells us that Saul consented to the killing of Stephen. This is when the nascent Christian community in Jerusalem started to really suffer persecution. And that guy Saul was wreaking havoc on the church, literally dragging men and women out of their homes and having them thrown in prison. Bottom line, that guy Saul was the worst. Friday, I meet Matthew Vines for dinner in uh, Wichita, Kansas. He's a young gay man from the Slate article who wrote a book called God and the Gay Christian. Matthew Vines lives in Wichita, and at dinner I said, oh my gosh, tell me about the conference. Expecting him to be like, those guys are the worst. And yet he said, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. He then told me that several people came up to him and thanked him for his bravery and said that they were in the process of changing their minds around this issue and that his grace and his love for scripture was super helpful for them. Saturday morning, I finalized details for a talk I'm giving this week at, I can't even believe I'm saying this, Pepperdine University, (laughs) a Church of Christ school. I've also been asked recently to give the keynote at the annual gathering of youth ministers in the Church of Christ next year. I mean, what is happening? (laughs) Because isn't the Church of Christ supposed to be like the worst? (laughs) Saturday night, catch up on news from Baltimore and read that rival street gangs, the Bloods and Crips, along with the Nation of Islam, are working together there to quell the violence in the city and protest safely and peacefully. And I think, what is happening? Sunday morning, back to the book of Acts. Okay, here's where the Ethiopian eunuch comes into the story. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, tells Philip to go and join this gender transgressive foreigner in a chariot on a road in a desert. And I wonder if Philip thought, that guy sounds like the worst. So that thing where the spirit doesn't care about the categories we care about, yeah, that started way back. Then Philip shows the Ethiopian eunuch some stuff in the Bible, and the Ethiopian eunuch shows Philip that there's water in the desert. And Philip baptizes him and then is teleported away, which was never explained. And then then the eunuch, it says, goes on his way rejoicing. So I imagine the first hearers of Acts being stunned by that story, but not nearly as much as they are stunned by the verses that come next. The very next verse, after the story of Philip and the eunuch, starts like this. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And I imagine the first hearers of this story going, I remember that guy from earlier. That guy is the worst. And then the story goes on. That this same guy, Saul, the guy who is without doubt the very worst, becomes St. Paul, the greatest church planter and Christian theologian of all time. How about them apples? Sunday night, I stand here before you in this church on the corner of 22nd and Dexter right now, and I say this, what is happening with the Holy Spirit? Nothing makes any damn sense anymore. What is happening? I don't know. 
But here's something I suspect at this point. The Holy Spirit could give a crap about our little categories. The Spirit pays no mind to who we think is the worst and why we think it's not us. The Spirit doesn't seem to understand how important terms like conservative and liberal, bloods and crips, Lutherans and Church of Christ are. We are the ones who created those categories. And seriously, no matter how much we think God really should respect them, God doesn't seem to pay much mind to that. Because God is about redemption and not about ideology. No one gets their own personal Jesus in this life. Which means we have to see the potential redemption of even those we think are the worst as good news for us. Because the good news is I don't decide who's going to be saved. I don't decide who the Spirit will talk to. All I can tell you is that the Spirit has something to give through every person. And my job is to just pay as much attention as I can. That's what happened to Stephen when filled with the Holy Spirit, he asked God to forgive those who were stoning him. That's what happened to Philip. He was blessed by the Spirit moving through a complete stranger, someone he didn't expect to change him. That's what happened to Saul. He was blessed by the Spirit moving through the wrong people, those he hated and persecuted. That's what's happening to Matthew Vines, and that's what's happening to me, and that's what's happening to you. And I swear to God, it's not even over yet. The Holy Spirit will have her say, and thanks be to God for that. Because in the end, we may think we need the salvation we envision would come through the destruction of those who we see as being the worst. But what we have instead is a God who insists on more for us. We have a God who offers the kind of salvation that comes instead through drawing all people to himself until we are all seated at the heavenly banquet where, with my luck, yeah, I'll be seated, seated right between a racist cop and that conservative evangelical conference planner, and perhaps they will turn to me and say, welcome, sister, and I will weep and say, amen. <laughs>